Well, it's portaling season, and there's a lot of portaling going on. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. You guys are the absolute best. We love you. We're over 8,000 subscribers. And Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and everything else. <laughs> Whatever. Happy Arbor Day. I don't know. Anywho, Jimmy, it's Portland season. Lots of Portland happening. Um, Alabama. Uh, one of an, another players entered the portal. We've talked about Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, we've talked about Isaiah Hastings and now Anquan Barnes from Robert E. Lee High School in Montgomery has entered the portal. Um, you know, I was kind of high on him when we signed him. It just never materialized. And in this day and age, um, if you're there a couple years and you hadn't really made a move, uh, it's probably going to be best to move on. Um, now, you know, Mac Jones may beg to differ, but uh, I think he was an interesting case. Um, I don't know if this is – I just wish him the best. I don't know where he's going to end up. I don't know what kind of uh, caliber player he is overall because we had not seen enough of him. But uh, do you feel like this is a loss for Alabama or do you feel like this is something that's uh, mutually beneficial? Uh, it's really all of those things that you said, all of it. Uh, you know, Alabama needs room. Uh, you know, something that's been lost in this new world a little bit that I think people get confused about, and I'm confused about it at times, too, because we're, we're never told all and we never will be told all. And that's OK. But there's still a rule about how many players you can have on scholarship. That's still a thing. And if you add up all the players that are scheduled to come back and assume that Alabama is going to sign 25 or three or four from the portal, Alabama is well into the 90s, like way into the 90s, maybe at around 100. And that's like sort of a problem, right? I mean, it's so any kid that enters the portal right now um, helps in terms of that issue for sure. So there's that. I mean, there's just too many players. Um, Regardless of rules, there's too many players. You can't develop your best players when there's 300 kids on the field practicing, that's just too many. So, you know, in that sense, this is not a loss uh, because Alabama needs the room. Now, one, one thing I'll not so much disagree with, but state is look, these linemen, particularly offensive linemen and defensive linemen, it's a developmental position. It's not unusual at all that a player would take three years and not be ready to play big-time SEC college football, uh, it would not be surprising if all of a sudden in year four, Anquan Barnes is ready to go. And if he goes somewhere and does pretty well, we should not be surprised or shocked. Uh, He's probably closer to being ready to play uh, now than he ever has been. And uh, someone's going to be the beneficiary of Alabama's uh, coaching. Alabama has coached this kid in the weight room. For three years, they've coached him on the field for three years. He's probably ready to help somebody. Uh, now, so so take all of that into account, then even take this into account. You really only need six or seven 
defensive lineman in your first team rotation, uh, I, I would not project myself, and I've been wrong before, as we all know, that have listened to this show for a long time. Of course, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But I would not project Anquan Barnes to be part of the top six or seven in next year's rotation. I wouldn't, based on today. Today, I would say it's Keenan. It's 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 Jaheim Otis. It's Damon Payne. It's James Smith. It's uh, Jamarian Latham. Uh, probably for the last spot or two, how about Monkel Goodwine? Uh, ready to play. How about uh, Jordan Renaud, uh, a freshman they're very excited about that just redshirted, um, to say nothing of a portal guy that we'll talk about on the show today, a portal defensive lineman. So I, I wouldn't see Barnes in the top six or seven next year. Him leaving makes perfect sense. I would just encourage everyone to to remember that just because a kid's not ready in year one, year two, or year three does not mean that he won't be ready to play a high-level SEC football in either year four or year five. Yeah, and look, again, I think it's okay to say I wish him the best. I hope he goes on, has an NFL career. Uh, at the same time, I think it, if you're Alabama and you want to stay on the mountaintop, you 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 got to improve your roster, and he's not making a move. So it sounds like an insult. It's really not. I wish him the best. It's very difficult to get on the field at Nick Saban's Alabama. Oh, here's an interesting story, too. I heard this recently. It's not just an Alabama thing. Of course, it's all over college football. <laughs> but how about this? Kirk Ferentz, uh, who is an outstanding developer of offensive linemen, probably as good as anybody, you know, uh, in, in the country at developing offensive linemen. He recently said, I read this, found it really interesting, because this is Iowa who signs three stars. Let's be honest. Iowa signs three stars. They get some four stars. But mostly – Kirk Ferentz has been in Iowa successful on the backs of three stars, right? He says three different times in his time period at Iowa, three different times he has coached offensive linemen who absolutely were not ready to play at all in the Big Ten and could not help his team until year five. Three of them were not ready and never started a game until year five, and all three of them played eight years in the NFL. Wow. So that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, kids are ready when they're ready, uh, not just at Alabama. It's college football. It's a developmental sport. It's not like other sports or even like the NFL where NFL rookies, hey, you get a pretty good idea in the NFL right right away. <laughs> There's no such thing as a five-year bench player in the NFL. Yeah. You're ready to play or they find somebody else. The yeah. developmental part is over. Yeah, and I get what you're saying. I would – the caveat to this, Iowa hadn't won much. So, uh, uh, so well, I mean. Well, they, not compared to Alabama. Well, I mean, no, they, have, they haven't made the playoffs. They haven't won the no. Big Ten in God knows how long. Now, granted, they're yeah. in there with Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State. It's difficult. But m my point is they've also had some really bad losses. I mean, they lost 30 to nothing to Penn sure. State this year. Uh, my, my point is this, Jimmy, that I think he's right. And it and if you're Iowa, that is a great that is a talking point. That is a that is a hey, we we can develop guys if you hang out. If I'm an Iowa fan and I look around and I see the Georgias and Alabamas and the Ohio States of the world and the Michigans of the world, I go, um, yeah, I would. You know what? I'd trade some of this fifth year development for a ring or two of any description. So, I think it, it sort of it makes sense. Iowa can be patient with guys like that because. 
they're not getting Caden Proctor, who ironically was committed to them, but eventually said, hey, look, I, I kind of want to go somewhere that I can also win. And I know Iowa played for a Big Ten championship back in 15. I know had they won that game, they would have played Alabama. And I also know had they played Alabama, they would have gotten slaughtered just like Michigan State did. So, again, I'm not they're making not a fun top of Iowa. Ten. Yeah, they're not a top 10 program. They're a top 20 program. Uh, oh, oh, and if, if your count wins, you know, they're, they're, I think, probably 15th in wins over the past 10 or 15 years, somewhere around there. Ooh, I want to look but, that up. I want to look that up. I, I'm going to look it up fair, while uh, you're talking in a minute. Sure. But right sure. now. No, no, he's, he's, uh, he, he's won per Iowa standards, you know, uh, you know, uh, obviously he's been there. He's been there. I think he got hired at Iowa a year or two before Nick Saban was hired at Alabama. Uh, he's got one of the longest tenures in uh, in college football, which is why, despite their recent offensive issues, uh, he has not uh, been fired because there had been uh, he's been there so long. And there's been some level of success. The offense has really uh, cratered for them the past uh, two or three years. But uh, but he he has had quite a bit of success. Look at Alabama; you can do it differently than other places because at Alabama you can sign five stars. I mean. Again, he couldn't sign Caden Proctor in his own state uh, because this is a program, again, built on the backs of three stars. Uh, they are uh, more developmental than the guys that, that Alabama is able to get, where Alabama can get a Caleb Downs, who's a second-team Associated Press All-American, as a true freshman. Uh, that's just not going to happen at, uh, at an Iowa where, where you sign five-star freshmen who are, who are right away All-American. So they do it differently. The point of the story is that linemen take a while. Uh, in particular, it. It, it, it takes a while. Jimmy, when we come back, I'm actually going to tell you, I found where I was been over the last 10 years. Dun, dun, dun. That's what we call a teaser. But right now I'm not going to give you a teaser. I'm going to give you straight hardcore facts when it comes to LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, LinkedIn with LinkedIn, I should say. The process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions, uh, they're going to apply. So, Jimmy, just uh, going back to what you were talking about, most wins. Mm -hmm. and, and now, I didn't do it. Over, you said 15 years. I could no, only 15 years. Up over the last 10. Now, let me just give you a point of reference here, and then we'll get back to our, our more in the portal. Uh, Alabama has the most wins over the last 10 years. Um, now, this does not include this year. This is from 13 to 22. Alabama had 126 wins over that time. Clemson was second with 121. Ohio State third, 116. Uh, then I'm going to bounce all the way down to number 13, which is San Diego State. Number 14, yeah. which is UCF. 15 is Cincinnati. 16 is Iowa with 86. Now, Here's the catch on that. Iowa never, and I mean never, ever, 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 plays a tough non-conference schedule. So they get some gimmies just about every time. They never play anybody difficult. I mean, you want to say Iowa State? I'm not going to count Iowa State. 
Um, so I, my point is that you, I think we're both kind of right. So um, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to hurt your feelings. So, uh, But Jimmy, let's talk a little bit more about the portal coming the other mm -hmm. way. Uh, LT Overton, uh, who has some Alabama connections, um, he is transferring out of Texas A&M. He'll be visiting Alabama. It looks like this weekend, right? Yeah, uh, LT Overton seems to be one guy in the portal that Alabama is very, very interested in. Uh, he's going to visit Tuscaloosa. Uh, I think they've been out to see him. Uh, I'm not sure if that's in his home in Georgia or in College Station, but there is some uh, some activity here. Uh, he does seem to be the one guy in the portal that it's fairly public that Alabama is interested in. He's had a really interesting career at Texas A&M uh, in the sense that He's still uh, really more hype than production, to be honest. I mean, he this was a five-star, big-time five-star kid. He was going to be one of the top ten players in the nation in his class. He, much like Ryan Williams, he reclassified. Uh, that's been an increasing thing in recent years. I, I think that's 100% NIL-related, uh, which is why you see more and more of this happening. But uh, LT Overton, uh, two years ago when NIL started, he reclassified uh, and – Sign with Texas A&M. Now, in his two years at Texas A&M, on the one hand, he's gotten on the field and played quite a bit. That's impressive because A&M has probably the best collection of uh, of, de of depth at that position uh, than anyone in college football. I mean, their they're defensive line is deep. The fact that LT could play uh, and get on the field as a young, true freshman and as a true sophomore is impressive. But the production just has not been there in terms of uh, – there hasn't been a lot of sacks and tackles for losses or even tackles for, for you know, in that sense. So the production has, hasn't matched the hype, but he has played. He's an experienced SEC kid, and he has a ton of upside, which is why he was a five-star in the first place. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, also like Walter Nolan. I don't know if Alabama's involved there. Do you know anything about that? I really like Walter I Nolan. So. I really do. Now, I'm hearing a lot of buzz about Ole Miss with him. Right. Ole Miss is a extremely – active and aggressive in the portal. He is visiting Ole Miss, I believe. If Alabama is involved with Walter Nolan, that would be news to us at BOL. Uh, and and uh, I believe we've we've uh, inquired into that. Uh, that has not been the case. Uh, and it could be for any number of reasons, personality fit. They know this kid, uh, you know, pretty well because they recruited Walter Nolan and LT Overton out of, uh, out of high school. Uh, it could also be NIL related in terms of some kids, and I'm not saying this is the case with Nolan, I don't know, but some portal kids could have a, uh, a price tag that Alabama just uh, isn't going to be interested in. That That's always a uh, possibility when you're talking about high-profile kids in the portal. Ole Miss in the past has been very aggressive, even with kids like that. Yeah, and I know this is locked on Bama, not locked on Ole Miss, but I'm impressed right now with what Ole Miss is putting together for next year. Now, long-term, I, I don't know. Um, because it, it, Kiffin is more of a portal guy, it seems like. Now he's also a, you know, get Quinshawn Judkins when Alabama and Auburn pass on him guy. But uh, they, they've got the number one Juco receiver committed. Uh, they just got some good news. I think it's was it Trey Smith is coming back, the, the wide receiver. Is that his Or Trey Harris? Trey What's Harris. Trey, Trey Harris. Harris. And um, he's coming back. Uh, obviously, uh, Judkins coming back, Jackson Dart coming back. Um, if they were to get somebody like a Walter Nolan, they've already got some other portal guys that are pretty crucial, um, and, and they're in on some others. So it's kind of ironic that, uh, boy, 
normally you're like, hey, an Alabama trip to Ole Miss is like a free win. Sort of glad Ole Miss isn't on our schedule next year. Um, <laughs> the fact that, that they could have – I mean, the Jackson Dart argument – now, look, I, I'm going to pick – Jalen Milrow all day, every day, but Jackson Dart would, will get some hype for, for some Heisman, and um, he will be able to put some good numbers together. Yeah, I don't know that we talk about it enough. Uh, it's not our, our place uh, uh, here at Locked on Rebels to talk about it, but, uh, you know, we'll miss as a playoff program in the sense that, hey, next year, the next year, the playoff, it goes to 12, and guess who would have been in the playoff had you gone to 12 this year? Ole Miss. Yep. The fact that Lane Kiffin has uh, turned Ole Miss into a playoff-type program <laughs> Is uh, it's pretty shocking, uh, and he's done it primarily through the portal, and I think he does a good job of uh, finding offense. I mean, he he can squeeze offense and find it where others cannot, and I think over the time Lane Kiffin has improved as a head coach, and now let's see if he can improve the defense. They got Chris Paul too, uh, the transfer from yeah, Arkansas, who I think that. will be an impactful player for them defensively, uh, and they were a little bit statistically, if you look at yards and points anyway. They were uh, a little bit better this year than they were the year before. So so maybe they are making improvements in that area. Yeah, I meant to say Chris Paul uh, because he is uh, he's an important part and uh, number one linebacker in the portal, according to most people. So, um, yeah, and they've, they've got some other dudes they're looking at. I mean, that's it's interesting that Alabama nor Auburn plays them next year. I thought it was yeah. a shoe-in that Auburn would play Ole Miss just because of the Hugh Freeze tie-in and Lane Kiffin almost getting the Auburn job tie-in. I mean, that seems like a natural. But um, anyway, I think the SEC missed a golden opportunity there. By the way, the SEC schedule uh, will be released tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to that. Even though Alabama's is pretty much set, it's going to be interesting to see where everybody else is. So, uh, Jimmy, when we come back, I want to talk about some national recruiting discussion. Uh, Georgia, uh, they may be losing the top dog. Well, uh, when we come back, I'll talk about that. But right now, I want to tell you about FanDuel. You know I love FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150. That's 150 smacks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I'm pretty sure that's like 600 euros. I'm not sure how it works. Um <laughs> That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get it on the action than right this very minute. I'm trying to get my finger in the picture. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads and player props and over-unders and more. Last night, I very stupidly took Tua to have more than two and a half touchdowns. That was not bright. He had zero. And it cost me my fantasy win, which cost me some money. But so be it. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off that NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, so there's been a battle for the number one quarterback in this class. It's been, you know, sort of a neck and neck race with Dylan Riola and uh, Julian Sayan, the Alabama commitment. I think Sayan is is pretty much taking that role over. Um I just hadn't heard as much about Rayola for whatever reason until recently, because now apparently he is going to be taking a visit to Nebraska this weekend. And the consensus is Rayola will be flipping uh, from Georgia to Nebraska. I believe he was committed to Nebraska earlier and then flipped to Georgia. And now it's going to go flip flop uh, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you say, what does that have to do with Alabama? Well, I just think it's, it's interesting in this sense, that, you know, um, 
people talk about Alabama and how, you know, oh, it's just so e- everything's so easy, so easy. This is the mountaintop. This is when it gets tough, when you have to keep guys like this and you have to convince them, hey, still come here. You know, everybody in the world. I mean, you've got I mean, it's sort of like you're married to a, a beautiful woman that's very successful, but you got all these other hot chicks coming after you. And they're willing to do whatever, whenever, however. And, you know, you're kind of like, hey, I really like what I got here. But, man, they're offering some pretty cool stuff over here. Um, And uh, I I feel like Rayola also. I'm just laughing at the analogy. (laughs) I don't know what's coming next. (laughs) I don't either. But if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Um, So, uh, anyway, um, you know. I think it just goes to show how hard it is to stay at the top. And Georgia is about to see Georgia. I respect what Georgia has done. I mean, I vehemently say that I respect what Georgia has done, but I respect what Alabama has done more because it's been over a much longer haul. And this is not the end of Georgia's, you know, dynasty or whatever. This is Dylan Rayola leaving is not going to kill Georgia. Let's, let's be honest. But what it means, Georgia hadn't been losing these battles. In fact, Georgia's been flipping folks like Billy Riola at the last second. And um, I apologize. Jimmy, you Dylan. go ahead. I'll let you take it from here Dylan. as I take this. <laughs> Dylan Rayola, uh, you know, flipping to Nebraska, it's huge. And in terms of why it does have an effect on Alabama, look, as I always say, I, I know that uh, historical rivals, Auburn, Tennessee, you know, our fans get uh, uh, all lathered up whenever you're talking about Auburn whenever you're talking about Tennessee, but I've been saying this for years, the real rival is Georgia. And I say that because we battle Georgia for everything, that there isn't a player that we want to sign in recruiting that we don't have to beat Georgia to get. Georgia doesn't sign a player unless they're beating Alabama. I mean, this is the school we recruit against the most. We do recruit against Auburn for a handful of kids and Tennessee for a handful of kids. But with Georgia, it's for almost virtually every kid. Uh, we recruit from just the same swimming pool. And uh, that that's why I think Georgia recruiting uh, is a huge story as it relates to Alabama, because that's the team we got to beat. Uh, Does that swimming year, pool have all the hot chicks in it that I was talking about or not? That, I assume that's where the, the whole analogy was going. That's why I threw it in there. <laughs> uh, I liked it better so, if you would have said a hot tub full of whipped cream, but whatever. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I mean, a hot tub? That with that much, but okay, uh, now I'm back. But anyway, anyway, Rayola, uh, I think is very likely to flip to Nebraska. It's huge, it's a big loss for Georgia. Georgia is signing a second quarterback in this group. There's always the portal, like Luke said, this isn't going to ding Georgia long term, but it is a big story. Uh, it's a big story for Nebraska, perhaps the, the long term rebirth, uh, that I'm, I'm predicting under Matt Rule, who I think is a, a really good recruiter. Uh, and a great coach. He's just going to need several cycles to completely rebuild that roster and rebuild the culture into what he wants at Nebraska is a big start for him. Uh, we'll see. But uh, here's one last part of the story that's funny to me, Luke. You know, Georgia has really struggled signing kids out of Buford. That, 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 yeah. That's the, you know, the, the, the Thompson High School of Georgia. And Georgia just whiffs at Buford time and time again. So they get a quarterback on the other side of the country that's committed to them, and they're like, hey, we know how to solve this Buford problem. We're going to move Dylan Rayola from Arizona to Buford. And he does. And what happens? They lose him. 
Uh, that that to, to me is like to Nebraska that, that's the of all part. Now yeah, I get it. He's, he's got like family connections. He's right. got family connections. I understand that. But I mean, if I'm and, and maybe if you're Dylan Riola, you're like, maybe they're giving him a, an NIL deal that chokes a Jurassic goat. I don't know. But um, I think that if you're Riola, you're like, okay, um, I just feel like, am I going to be protected? You know, if it, I want to know that I'm getting some offensive linemen. I mean, I would say, hey, how about call Jordan Seaton and be sure he's sold on Colorado? Well, one of the reasons I like Dylan's choice if he's going to Nebraska, apart from the fact his uncle's on the coaching staff at Nebraska, and 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 I think his father played at Nebraska, so there's a lot of Nebraska ties there. But one thing I like, this one thing I've noticed about the portal and with quarterbacks, it seems like when they come out of high school, they want to go to the sexiest program possible. Getting back to your analogy, they want they want to go back to they, they when when they're coming out of high school, they're like, I'm gonna sign with the highest rated program that will take me. And then a lot of them go there and they don't get on the field and they don't play. And then their next choice is, okay, now I'm going to go someplace where I can play. And it just seems to me, Dylan may be cutting out the middleman here. I mean, Dylan's going to play faster at Nebraska than he would have at Georgia. I think that's pretty obvious to everybody. Now he won't play immediately because I think Nebraska is going to be bringing in Kyle McCord from Ohio state. I think, uh, you know, Kyle McCord may sign there. And uh, he may be the immediate quarterback uh, or the bridge to Dylan uh, until Dylan is ready. Uh, but pretty interesting stuff that uh, Matt Rule's got going on up there in Lincoln. One final thing about this to tie into Alabama, you know, one one place I've always wanted to go. I've been to Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, my, my business travels take me to some very unique spots. And I've been to Lincoln, Nebraska. I've taken a picture outside of uh, Husker Stadium. I, I mean um, – I, I really like the, the area. I would love, love, love to see a game there. I would love for Alabama to schedule them. Um, I wish we'd do that. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, we're pretty set for a while now. But um, next year, uh, Colorado is at Nebraska. So, I mean, the Jordan Seaton thing, I mean, it's just interesting. Um, Shadur Sanders will be back. That's going to be a fun game. And now, look, I, I heard some national guys talking about Kyle McCord leaving Ohio State. And the fact that he was leaning Nebraska, but if Rayola goes there, will he still go there? I would say probably yes. I don't think that should deter him because Kyle McCord only has one more year anyway. So you think he's a one and done kind of guy wherever he goes. And uh, Rayola might be able to sit back and learn a little bit, or Rayola may be so good that he supplants him. I mean, whatever. But um, anyway, I find this interesting because what that's going to do, I mean, he will come off of George's list, which is a five star, mm-hmm. highly rated five star. And uh, that'll affect their ranking and everything. And uh, obviously Alabama may get bumped up a little bit. So uh, just just interesting. I, I love the national recruiting talk this time of year. It's, it's getting hot and heavy and it's so much fun. But anyway, that's going to do it for today's podcast, Jimmy. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.